Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. Come on, y'all. Let's give God some praise for all he did in 2020. We want to welcome you. Today is not just our eight-year anniversary. Today is Vision Sunday, and we believe God has given us a vision for 2021, and we are so excited. We have a vision that was given to us by God, but can we just say before we move on that Caleb and I are so thankful to be pastoring such a great church of faith. Can, I, can we just tell you that we love you, <laughs> and we love pastoring you? And we love um, being a part of your lives, and we're so glad that we are doing this together. You know, I know 2020, for many people, it was a disappointing year. It was a desperate year for some, some despaired. But I believe that God gave us um, vision. And oftentimes, we don't realize that we're so despondent, we're so um, depleted, and it's because we don't have hope. And really what hope is, is a vision for your future. It's a vision for the future. The verse for um, this year that we are holding fast to is Romans 15, 13. And it's this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Romans 15, 13. I love it in the Passion Translation, but it says this, may, may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, the inspiration and fountain of hope, he is the source of our hope. And we said that in 2020, no matter what's happening, we looked ahead and we saw that the source of our hope, we looked up and we said the source of our hope is going to give us a vision for the future. And when we walk towards the vision of the future, then he's going to spill out uh, uncontainable joy and perfect peace. Uncontainable joy and perfect peace. P perfect peace means that we don't have to attain to this great peace. We don't have to say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to have more peace if I can make it through the day. No, right now he can give you perfect peace. You don't have to do anything to muster it up. He can give you the perfect peace right now when we look to him. And when our vision is focused on him and when we, our vision is focused on what he has and if it is hope-filled, when we allow him to give us that perfect peace and when we trust him, then we start walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Continually, the Holy Spirit will surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. Church, if we allow God to fill us with his vision, with his hope, then we start to have an overflowing hope. We start radiating hope so that when we walk out of this room, that's our prayer. When we walk out of this room, when you log off of online service, that when you walk into the next room, when you walk into the new spaces that you're being called to walk into, you're going to be radiating hope. People who are desperate are just going to walk in your presence and they're like, what do you have? Because I want it. It's hope. It's vision for the future. And so today we're continuing our series on ridiculous faith. And ridiculous faith looks like overflowing faith. That is our prayer for you, church, that you would open up your hearts, allow him to fill you up to overflowing so that when he gives you that next purpose, he drops that into your life, your heart just spills over with hope and you're because you're filled with peace and joy. Amen. Yeah, Overflowing we, hope. We believe that provision is preceded by vision, 
right? So vision always precedes provision. And that's what we've seen in our church is that as we've laid out the vision and cast the vision, the provision always follows. And I mean, we're thankful. This year, the best giving year in the history of Project Church 2020, when everyone said it should have been the opposite, when other churches weren't experiencing the same thing. We were able to finish this building because of your because of the vision God gave us, but the provision that God brought through you. We had somebody donate a $5,000 stock. I don't know if you know this, but you can donate stock to the church. In 2020, it grew 300%. And we were just like, okay, Lord, yes, we received that provision. Hey, how many of you know that vision always precedes provision? And so God has given us a vision now for 2021, and we're going to lay out some things that are small and some things that are big. Some things that take a little bit of faith and some things that take an overflowing faith. So we want to just let you know what we see coming in 2021 um, on the practical side and and what we believe God is calling us to in terms of vision. So first, we're launching an all-new course called the Blueprint Course. This is going to help you to grow in your faith. It's going to aid you in in figuring out your spiritual gifts. It is the replacement for next steps, which some of you will walk through. But we're launching the Blueprint course as well as one-on-one discipleship for new Christians, new believers, or any of you that are just interested in growing in discipleship with one-on-one mentoring. We're launching that here coming in the next few months of 2021. Yeah, and we're also really excited about what the provision of this building has um, afforded us some opportunities. One being upstairs, we have 3,400 square feet that is currently empty because our previous tenants have exited. And now we realize that God has given us vision for that space to use it for his glory. So we are going to be opening up a co-working space. For, yeah, many of you have said, I am switching over my membership as soon as it is done. We believe that we um, want to be a place that gives you kombucha on tap while you work. That, it's not That's about that. That's news to me. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Uh, <laughs> No, we're really excited about this space because we know that there's some entrepreneurs in this place. There's some people who are creatives and there's some business people and you have some ideas and you, you know, creative is our spirit here at Project Church and we want to give you a space um, that you have to pay for. There's membership, Um, but (laughs) just kidding, kind of, Um, that we can't wait to fill that space so that it can be used for you to work with grit and grace and to honor God in your work. And so we can't wait to open up that space. So third, we are launching something that actually started at the end of last year, but we just hadn't officially told you, where we are doing monthly hope days, meaning we're releasing hope in this community every single month on the second Saturday. So we got one coming up. We would love for you to jump in. We're going to be connecting with and partnering with other organizations in the area, um, in the community. I don't know if you saw our new sign in the lobby, but there's a new sign. If you didn't see it, go in the lobby. There's a neon sign. It says, For Sacramento. Why? Because for so long, the church has been known more about what it's against than what it's for. And Project Church is a place that is for this city. We're for Sacramento. If you're new, you get a for Sacramento shirt. Why? Because that is our heart. And so Hope uh, Days is a way that we're going to be able to say we are for this city, for this community. We're going to release hope every single month. Also, every single month, we're going to do a service that I believe is going to be the most important service of the month, and that is a prayer and worship night the first Wednesday of each month, starting this Wednesday, and then we'll, the next one will be in March. But we believe that it's going to be the most important service of the month because it's the night that we seek God's face. 
we say that prayer is our power. And if we really believe that, we're going to put feet to um, that belief and we're going to act on that. And we're going to say that we're going to be on our faces before the Lord, worshiping together corporately. You know, there's so many ways that God reveals himself to us individually. But I believe that God wants to do something new in us and reveal himself to us um, as a corporate gathering, in a corporate gathering. And he wants to give us greater unity so we can be more effective in this community. And we don't want to take a step outside of his will. And the only way we're going to know his will is if we follow and fall flat, flat on our face and just seek him for his will. So let's do that. That's going to be the most important, I promise you. It's going to be filling for your own personal prayer life, but also as a corporate body. And finally, this is one that I believe is taking a little bit more faith. An overflowing faith. If you didn't know, we had a campus in West Sacramento and a campus in downtown Sacramento. When we finished this building, we brought them together because this building was literally right in the middle, five minutes from both campuses. And so we brought them together, but we have a U-Haul full of everything you need to launch a church. We used to meet in a school in, uh, in West Sac, Stonegate Elementary. Well, we, are, we have prayerfully uh, felt led and given the vision that we're going to be launching the next campus of Project Church in the Roseville, Rockland area in January of 2022. So today begins the one-year process timeline of us launching our next campus. We're going to be having uh, team nights, gathering, interest meetings, vision nights, and we're going to build a team to launch the next campus of Project Church. Why? Because we want to be for this community, for this city, and we believe that the best way to change a city and change people's hearts is through the local church. And so we believe that planting churches is how we make disciples. So we're going to plant this next campus and we believe many more are to come. So we're so excited. If you're excited, make some noise in this place for all that God is leading us to do in 2021 and beyond. So listen, we are in a moment in our country where I believe there is a famine it is a famine spiritually. We've watched as there's political division, uh, racial unrest. We've watched with a pandemic that is ravaging families, uh, children. It's ravaging communities. It's hurting income, uh, jobs. Those of you that have businesses. What I'm looking out and I'm seeing is a, a city and a nation that is thirsty. Like they're desperate. And there's a famine, and a famine, if you don't know, is when there's no rain in the land. When there's no rain, there's no crops. When there's no crops, there's no food. When there's no food, the people are hungry and they're dying. And what I see is there is spiritual death happening all around us. There is an emotional famine happening. There is a, there is a, a heart and a spirit famine in this land, in America right now. And what I believe is that God wants to release rain. Sometimes he sends a famine to get his people's attention. And so I know 2020, this pandemic has been hard. It's been hard on all of us. But maybe this famine God is going to use to get our attention. What I see is God raising up the true church of Jesus Christ. We're in a season where many are falling away, walking away. But the true church is rising up, is stepping up. And so what we want to do, I want to teach from you, Christy and I want to teach from you from, from 1 Kings chapter 18. If you have your Bibles, go there. And I want to set the background on this because what's happening is the land of Israel is in a three and a half year famine. And they're in a famine because the nation of Israel is in turmoil. 
A king has raised to power. His name is Ahab. And Ahab marries a woman named Jezebel. You've probably heard this term because you've heard women called a Jezebel before. Just so you know, that's not a compliment, all right? And it all stems, I mean, modern culture, contemporary culture uses this term. Oh, she's a Jezebel. It all stems back to Ahab's wife, Jezebel, who was a pagan princess. And her whole goal was to wipe out the God of Israel and the prophets of Israel. She wanted them to have no part in the dealings and the leading of Israel. She encouraged the people to worship Baal, an idol, and Asherah, another idol or false god. And in the process, they began a, a quest, her and her husband, to kill every prophet of Israel. And they succeeded. They wiped out prophet after prophet, killed man of God after man of God. They began to tear down the altars where Israel would worship. And, and they built high places where they would worship false gods, false idols. And the nation of Israel followed her, followed Ahab. They got pulled into child sacrifice. They were pulled into idol worship. They were pulled into sexual perversion. They were pulled into all these things that began to, to degrade and decay their culture and their society. Families were struggling. The people were struggling. The people were desperate. And so God sends a famine to get their attention. And so some of you are saying, man, that was back then, but I see a lot of the same thing happening today in our culture. And we wonder why we're walking through what we're walking through. Maybe, I'm not saying God sent it, but I do think God uses everything. And he may not have sent it, but he is going to use it. I can tell you that much. And he's going to use it to get the attention of the hearts of God's people. And so he sends one prophet named Elijah. Elijah's kind of the last man standing. How many of you ever feel like you're the last one standing? Maybe in your family, maybe spiritually speaking. You're the last one standing in your group of friends. You're the last. You're like everyone else. They, they're tripping. They lost their minds. <laughs> you know, they've gone out and about, and, and they're doing all the wrong things. I'm the last one standing. That was Elijah. And Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal in this moment and stands up to Ahab. Why? Because God used him. He said, listen, if you go to Ahab, I'm going to send the rain. I'm going to send the rain. So today, Christy and I want to share with you about how to create an environment for overflowing faith. Here's what we believe. We believe that the overflow has to start here and here before it can go out there. We believe that when, we, when God gets more of us, that we are filled with more of him. And we're filled with more of him. We overflow to the people that need him in this world. So let me read real quick. First Kings, I'm going to just read a few verses, starting in verse number one. After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe. Verse 17. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is it you, you troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have in your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel and the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Elijah issues a challenge. He says, here's what we're going to do. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. He says, we're going to both sacrifice to our God. We're going to lay an animal, kill it, lay it on an altar. 
and we're going to call down fire. And whichever God sends fire is the true God. It's me, mano e 450. Elijah versus 450 prophets. And he says, let's do this. And he issues a challenge. You see, we can't pour out until we are filled up. The church needs to be filled to overflowing. We need overflowing faith, and we need to create that environment today. So Project Church, our word for 2021 is overflow. Somebody say overflow. Overflow. Will you commit to creating an environment of overflowing faith? Will you commit to that? Say overflow one more time. Overflow. So the first way that we create an environment of overflowing faith is by number one, obey. Obey. Trust and obey for there is no other way to live in Jesus. I think that's the song. Obey. Obey right away. That is what I tell my kids all the time. Obey right away. You know, it's probably one of the most frustrating things as a parent. I think many of you who have kids around my kids' age, nine, eight, nine, almost eight, and six, is when I tell them to do something and they don't do it right away. Now, that may, you know, identify my issue with patience or just the, the call that God has on us to obey right away. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And so I find when my kids are told to brush their teeth that they're like, wait, just one more minute. There's two more minutes left in the show. Or there is there, there, well, there are two more pieces of candy that I could have. And I'm like, you know what? I would let you watch the rest of the show and we could have more time together instead of arguing about you doing that if you would just do it. What are the things that you're arguing with God about in your life right now that if you would just do it, you'd have more time with him? If you would just do it, then you'd have a greater reward. Cuddles. That's what I tell my kids. If you, if you, don't, you don't do this right now, then mommy might not give you cuddles tonight. I never not give them cuddles. But I, so, uh, there's great reward if you just obey right away. You must be a good cuddler, Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reward. Uh, well, it, here's the thing. Even after school, when I ask them to do something, even when I ask them to make the table, when I ask them to do everything, and it's not because I'm mad at them. It's because I want more for them. Sometimes I want more time with them. If they would just do the things that they need to do, then I could have more time with them. God just wants more of us. He wants to fill us with more of him so we can pour out more of him. Obey right away. You know, we see here that Elijah in his third year, had a chance to run away because he is the only prophet left. He was uncomfortable knowing that he was going to have to face 450 other prophets that were not of the one true God. You know, there's a lot of things that can intimidate us from obeying, but when we understand who we are obeying and the one that has more power, then we realize that the other people's power pales in comparison. And there's always a greater reward Let's obey right away. Obey right away. And when we are a people who obey and trust God, then that triggers our faith, that increases our faith, and God moves for his people. So we create an environment for overflowing faith by obeying, and then we create an environment for overflowing faith by standing. Like stand where we're supposed to stand. We're in a season where a lot of people are shrinking back. They're sitting down. They're not stepping up. And God is calling us to stand, to take a stand. And this is what Elijah does here. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is it you, you troubler of Israel? 
And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have in your father's house because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. What did Elijah have? He had a reputation. And let me tell you, you have a reputation. The question is, what is it? Like, I want my reputation to be he's a man of faith. That he steps up when other people would shrink back. That he's not afraid to speak truth when there needs to be truth spoken. And this is who Elijah was. And what does Ahab call him? He says, you're a troubler of Israel. You see, often what our culture interprets as trouble is really truth. And so if you speak the truth, you're going to get in trouble with this world. I'm just telling you. I'm keeping it real with you. If you speak the truth, you're going to find yourself getting in trouble. And the question is, are you okay with that? You see, the truth was that Ahab was the troubler. He was the one causing the problems. But he saw Elijah as the troubler. Why? Because he's walking on truth. He's standing in truth. Civil rights advocate and congressman John Lewis, who passed away this last year, said this, never ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble. You see, the church needs to get in some more good trouble. And I think in this season, you know what we've done? We've just hidden ourselves away, stayed inside of our houses. Oh, oh no, don't, don't make me preach today. Some of you online, you're, you're good. But I think that we, we've forgotten our call, which is discipleship, which is hope, which is serving, which is loving. And so the church has shrunk back and, and shrunk away. They actually are saying right now that we've been set back five years in solving global poverty and global hunger because of this last year. Why? Because we've had to. We've shrunk back. We've hidden ourselves away. It's time for the church to get in some good trouble, to get out there and serve and love and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ with masks on. We can do it, church. We can do it safely. We've been here having church. Guess how much spread of COVID we've had in five months of having church? Zero. Why? Because we're doing it safely. We're doing it the right way. It's time for the church to get in some good trouble. Y'all weren't ready for me today. I'm going to get myself in trouble. We need to move on. It's good trouble. Good, right? trouble. good trouble. Stand up. There is faithfulness that God is calling us to. Faithfulness. We have turned away from the right things, and God is calling us to stand back up for the truth that God is calling us to have. Amen. If we're going to create an environment of overflowing faith, we're going to obey, we're going to stand, and we're going to, number three, we're going to fearless. Fearless. Okay, I'm not telling you to be fearless. I'm telling you to fear less. Sometimes we put so much pressure on us to be fearless and to eliminate any fear as if we're God ourselves. But you are not, as a human, going to be able to eliminate all fear from your life or your mind or the recesses of your heart or past hurts. You're not going to be able to eliminate it completely without the help of God. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but I'm not saying that you're going to be able to eliminate all faith, just all fear, just fear less. We see what Elijah did here when he challenges 450 other prophets to, to, to this burning up the bulls on a couple of altars. And so this is the first challenge that we ever see in the Bible. What were you saying in first service? I like the way you say it. You like the way I say it? Yeah. <laughs> Which way? Where he, he, he talked trash to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, Chrissy likes that Elijah talked trash. 
He was the original Mamba mentality, yeah, all right? I, he was a trash I talker. I remember the joke. And so, <laughs> and so Elijah says, I'm going to challenge you. Let's do this. And he lets them go first. So the 450 prophets of Baal, they walk around the altar and they keep chanting and, and cheering and praying and calling down fire and nothing happens. And Elijah goes, hey, maybe Baal's in the bathroom. <laughs> and he starts like, you know, chastising them. Maybe Baal's in the bathroom. How many of you know, he was probably in this moment walking into it like, dang, God, I hope you show up. I'm sure there was a little fear. I'm sure there was a little fear. But faith isn't having no fear. Faith is standing up and being faithful in the midst of fear. God will prove his presence by putting you in an impossible situation. There's moments where our, we feel like our back's against the wall and we're like, what, we're, what are we going to do? What? That's the best place to be. That's when God shows up. That's when God comes through. When we finally limit ourselves from all of our options and we say we are nothing without you. We are insufficient. We are inefficient. We have all the deficiency, but you are more than enough. You are all that we need. We got to get to the place where we're dependent on him. And when we start depending on him and depending less on ourselves, then our fear decreases. When we allow our fear to be less in our hearts, then our faith takes over. And when our faith takes over, it overflows us to taking steps of faith. And we start challenging things that we would never have challenged in our lives. We start putting ourselves in positions that we would never have put ourselves in to begin with. What uncomfortable spaces is God asking you to walk into with faith and telling you to fear less? There's got to be some fear, but fear less. So we, next, if we're going to create this environment of overflow, we fear less. And fourth, we have to remove some things from our lives. Like, I, I want to challenge you today because I think that so often in the church, we just teach and preach messages that make people feel good and tickle our ears, and we can go out and keep living the exact same way that when we came in. But I want to tell you right now, I believe God is calling the true church to rise up, and that means we're going to stand and walk and live in a different way. It means we're going to remove some of the filth and the sin and the junk of this world out of our lives. What do you need to remove? Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? Verse 21. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. How many of you know when you're challenged and you're called out and you know you're wrong, you, you either, either respond in two ways. You get defensive, which is what I do with my wife when she calls me out. She's very passionate. And so she comes at me sometimes. She comes hard. And I either defend myself, like, how dare you? Or I just get quiet. Because that's how I grew up, just a little more quiet. And the people here, Elijah calls them out. He's like, how long are you going to straddle the line? How long are you going to have one foot on each side of the fence? How long are you going to be for Baal and for God? You can't do both. And the people do not say a word back. Why? Because they know that they need to remove the false worship from their lives. Over 30% of Christians have stopped attending church, either online or in person, as a result of this pandemic. This was as of last month. Over 40% of millennials have stopped attending church online or in person as a result of this pandemic. Here's, what's, here's what I think is happening right now. This is what the stats are saying. I think there is a stripping away and a sifting away 
of those who were Christian by title, Christian by name. But when the rubber really met the rope, they were one foot in and one foot out. And now when they got to follow Christ, it takes more work. When they could actually be condemned or get in trouble or looked down on because of their faith, some of them have fallen away. Now, I believe that God brings prodigals home. And we're going to go after the one sheep, right? We're going to leave the 99. But I also believe that the overflowing faith has to start with those who are going to say, I'm all in with God. I'm not one foot in, one foot out. I'm not one foot on one side of the fence and one, side, one foot on the other. I am in with Jesus Christ. What is it that you need to remove from your life right now? What sin? What wrong mindset? What wrong perspective? What wrong heart? What wrong action? I think a lot of us, we, we spend more time on Netflix now than ever before. I'm not saying it's bad because Chrissy and I do it too. But I am saying, have we allowed this year to move us to a place of apathy, to a place of comfortability? And God is calling us to be uncomfortable for him. So I think today I wanted to challenge you, what do you need to remove from your life? Because Chrissy and I have taken account in January, we begin to remove some things from our life. They're not always bad things, but sometimes just okay things are holding us back from the great things that God has for us. Don't settle for less than in God's kingdom. Amen. So remove. we're going to create an environment of overflowing face. We're going to remove, but we're also going to rebuild. But listen to me right now. We are not going to be able to rebuild anything unless we remove what's already there. It says this in verse 30, then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me, and all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Repaired. Repaired. You know, some of us have had and placed idols in our lives, and it's kind of like what he said, sometimes good things, just good things, okay things become God things, and they become idols in our lives, and they replace what should be worshipped in our hearts first and foremost. And so I think that we're being challenged today for an increase of faith, and a faith that's so increased and we're so full that we start overflowing. But in order for that to take place, we have to rebuild some altars in our hearts. We've, we said this and we've been saying this, that it starts in us first before it happens outside. It starts in our private world before it becomes a part of our public world. We need to do some heart stuff. But what I, I love that the word choice that was used here is that, and he repaired the altar. I think some of our hearts need to be repaired. Some of us have avoided healing. Some of us have avoided the hard things that we need to confront in our hearts because we are not willing to remove pride. We are not re willing to remove our own plans and our own agendas. So we haven't allowed God to start to repair so that we could rebuild. But church, God is asking you to rebuild the altars of your heart. Do you remember a time in your life where you were so passionate about God? You were so excited to be in church. You were so excited to meet with your community group. And then as some days went by, maybe COVID happened and maybe, maybe some situations in your life made you just not even that, not even really about it anymore. I wonder what was being built up in your heart. Church, let's tear those things down. Let's tear the things down that are keeping us from community, that are keeping us from the church, that are keeping us from doing the things that God has called us to do, that are keeping us from being more passionate. Is it a relationship? Is it a job? Is it provision? Is it your own pride? What is it that God is saying? Let me just, just remove that 
and let me repair you so that you can rebuild. We are called to be rebuilders as people of God, as followers of Christ. We are called to rebuild. We were put in Old Sacramento to build something up new in Old Sacramento. And Old Sacramento is going to become New Sacramento for the kingdom of God. But we've got to change some things in our internal. Things have got to change and we've got to rebuild. God showed up, but not until Elijah rebuilt what he had torn down. The sacrifices were not even in the same altar. It's, it's good. I was just thinking about, for me, like I used to always start my day in the word of God and prayer. And I would say in the last year through the pandemic, I started to start my day more on social media. I was obsessed with the news. So every morning I woke up and the first thing I did was jump on USA Today. And one thing in January, I, I invited a bunch of guys into reading the Bible through in a year with me. And we're all on the app, on the YouVersion Bible app, and we're actually in the same plan. And we can comment after every day what we read and what God's speaking to us. And I had to, to decide, like, the start of this year, if, if I'm going to say to these guys, let's do this, I got to lead the way. And so I had to decide that, man, every morning I'm going to start in the Word. And with prayer. I'm not going to start with the news, even though like I care about what's happening in the world, social media, even though I care about what's going on in people's lives. I had to start in the word and prayer. And I'll tell you, I even, my wife helped me reorganize my phone because she's more techie than me. And my first box on my phone, it says first things. And in there is one thing and it's the Bible. Because I want to start there. I had to rebuild that habit into my life. And I'll tell you, I still battle getting pulled into the other stuff. Even when I see first, first things, I go, oh, it could be the second thing today. We got to rebuild some things in our lives. And he goes on here, Elijah, in verse 41, it says, And Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. Verse 45, in a little while, the heavens grew black and clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode rode and went to Jezebel. So listen, Ahab was still an evil king, but God used Elijah to bring the rain and end the famine. This culture, I'm not saying it's going to change overnight. I don't even think that personally, like, I'm here to just change culture. We're not here to just change culture. We're here to love the people. And if we love the people, I believe that's how culture will change. We're so obsessed with changing culture when we should be more focused on loving people. God will change them. And when God changes them, that's when culture changes. So we got to get the heart and the mindset that says we want to rebuild our relationship with the world. You know how we do it? By saying we're for Sacramento. By serving, by giving out food, by serving at events in our community, by being there for our community, by partnering with our community. That's how we're going to change this world. By loving people and letting God change them. So as we sung, as we uh, prepare for this message, Chrissy and I, like a song popped in her head. My head? Yeah. That was your head. I don't remember. It doesn't she matter. She usually We're takes one. all the credit, but I was here. trying to give it away this time. So it's an old hymn. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. Um, River of Life or Spring Up a Well. And it comes from the verse John 3, 13 through 14. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. 
Anyone who drinks of the world will stay thirsty, will stay in wants, will need more. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So we want to sing this song for you. Yes, we're like, let's just sing it. <laughs> but we Would want you guys you sing with us? Yeah, but we want you to open up your hearts, allow God to fill you with all of him so that what springs out of us is a well of hope for this world. So if you know this song, sing it with us. If you don't, we'll sing it twice through. So after the first time, you'll catch on, okay? You we're ready? We're going to slow it down for some of you. Oh, here, okay, there we go. Oh, I, didn't, I wasn't expecting this. We got the shaker. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to Prison door sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well within my soul. Spring up a well. Sing it one more time. This is the overflowing faith we're talking about. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the bow your heads with us across this room singing this was just a reminder for me of the overflowing faith that comes from being rooted in the person of Jesus Christ you see without Jesus at the center of our life there's no well to tap into there's no well of water to tap into and we shared with you guys this idea that the, the overflow has to start in us before it can flow out of us. And I think there's people here today in this room who are listening online, who are watching, who would say, Caleb, I've been straddling the line with God. I've been one foot in the world and one foot in with Jesus. 
And when it suits me, I'm in the world. And when it suits me, I'm in with God. I come to church and I'm with them. And then I go about my day Monday through Saturday and I'm, I'm with this culture and this world. And today you're done straddling the line. Today you would say, I'm all in with Jesus. I'm jumping over. I'm not going to straddle the fence any longer. Today is your day to respond, to put Jesus at the forefront, at the center of your life. And so I want to ask you, if that's you, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to surrender your heart to Jesus. You need to recommit yourself to him. You need to go all in for him. I want you to lift your hand. Go ahead. Put your hand up if that's you. Yes, hands are going up all around the room. If you're online and that's you, put your hand up wherever you are behind that screen. Put your hand up. Thank you. You guys can put them down. Could we all just pray this prayer? Repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Today, I declare that I'm all in for you, Jesus, that you are my well, that you are my God, that you are at the center of my life. No longer Will I put one foot in the world? But I got both feet firmly planted on the rock, the foundation of Jesus Christ. God, come into my life. Make me new. I love you in your name. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise across this room. The best decision we could ever make. We're celebrating with you. Can we all stand to our feet? We're going to sing one last song. I want you all, as we sing this song, to just lift your hands, however you're comfortable. If it's high, if it's medium, if it's low, whatever you're comfortable with. And I would want you to, to sing this song and ask God to fill you to overflowing. So when you walk out of this place, you spill your faith on everyone you come in contact with. Can we sing this as a declaration? Come on, lift your hands with me today, church, and let's lift our voices. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.